Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Thank you for submitting all of your questions. Spring and I have enough fodder for probably 20 years worth of uh, Pride Month episodes, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> How are you doing today, Spring? I'm great. <laughs> It's raining. Should we talk about the weather? We always talk about the weather. It's raining in New York City today. I know it's probably beautiful there. It is. Okay, um, okay, okay. Let's yeah, move yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> so uh, happy Pride, everybody. I have a little Pride story I want to share. Um, so uh, I was at Disney World a couple weeks ago, and I painted my fingernails this super, super sparkly color. It's from Hollow Taco from Christine from Simply Nail Logical. She's not our sponsor, but Christine, if you're listening, please sponsor us. We, we would love to sell your wares. <laughs> like she's super pro-gay and everything like that. She has like a whole Pride Month line. Once again, we're not sponsored, but I uh, painted them and there's still like flecks on, uh, of it on my fingernails. And I've had a whole bunch of people ask me like, oh, why would you do that? Oh, that's not professional. Why are you painting your nails? And first of all, A... Painting your nails is as professional or not professional as you want it to be. It doesn't matter. And B, men should be able to paint their nails as well. But the real reason why I did it is um, there's a lot, of, a lot of trans kids, like kids of trans experience or, you know, gay kids or genderqueer kids out and about at Disney World. Um, and I wish that when I was a little kid, I would have seen, you know, just someone being a little bit gender nonconforming or somebody making it okay for me to be myself or someone making it okay for me to want to wear fingernail polish too. Um, so I wore it in the parks and uh, I got quite a few comments from little kids telling me how much they liked my fingernail polish. And most of them are little boys who are telling me how much they like my fingernail polish. And it made me feel, made me feel really good um, that, you know, th these kids are out there um, and it's not always or like these kids are out there and they actually get to see somebody, but it doesn't always have to be, you know, this like this big power statement to the world. But it's kind of amazing the little things that we can do as adults that really help kids in the world. That's so, so yeah, figured out polish Disney World. <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, kids really pick up on everything around them. Right. And so. That includes all the subtle messages we send and whether it's something we're wearing or something we're saying or an action that we're taking um, or an action we're not taking, you know, kids see all of that. So I think, you know, um, even when you don't think anyone's looking, I think it is really important to um, act in accordance with your values and to and to try to um, help others see that. So it's really fun. So highly recommend if you are in a place and you are safe and you want to wear nail polish, wear some nail polish. All right. Um, so, uh, but continuing in Pride Month, um, we got a question today that I think is really interesting. And I think that Spring and I are going to have a fun time answering it. Um, it's kind of long. Um, so question, my girlfriend was never very interested in sex and she just came out to me as ace. I don't know what to do. Okay. Let's talk about what ace is first. So ace is a slang word for asexual. Right. So anytime the letter A is in front of something, that means like not, right? So asexual means that someone isn't sexual. That means they don't have sexual feelings toward other people. So in this question, we're hearing that uh, someone is dating someone who identifies as female, who 
didn't have a lot of interest in sex throughout the relationship and then came out saying, I'm asexual. I don't have sexual interest in my life. So asexual is not on the sexual orientation spectrum, right? We normally talk about people being really gay or people being lesbian or people being bisexual or people being heterosexual, right? Like we have all of these identities that are about attraction. Um, If you say you're any of those words, you're telling the rest of the world, I'm attracted to people like this, right? If you're bisexual, you're attracted to men and women, right? Uh, if you're asexual, you're telling the world that I, I am not sexually attracted to anybody. Right? Like I do not have sexual attractions. So you're sort of off that little rainbow spectrum. But I think that we need to include it because um, a lot of people don't understand asexuality. And I, I mean, I think that's why Spring and I selected this question today. Yeah. And so um, it's kind of confusing when we talk about sexuality as a spectrum and then we say, oh, this this is not on the spectrum, right? Uh, because it seems like everyone should fall on the spectrum. Um, and so let's talk about though asexuality as a spectrum as well, right? So asexuality is its own spectrum and we will see people fall in different uh, places along that continuum as well. Right. So there are people who are completely asexual who have no attractions ever. Like I'm just not attracted. I am not interested in sex. Um, I think it's really important to say though that people who are asexual may have romantic interest. They may love intimacy. They may like handholding and cuddling. They may like movies and dates. They may want long relationships. They may have best friends, right? So it doesn't mean that you're not into relationships and intimacy and friendships. It means that you don't have sexual attraction. Um, Kind of like a, I, I, I describe it to most people, that lizard brain, you know, like you look at somebody or something and you're like, oh yeah, that. Like they don't have that response to the world. Um, but there's a lot of kinds of asexuality out there. And I like that's how Spring framed it. Like she said, like, hey, it's a spectrum and there's lots of different kinds. Um, and when we say lots, there are probably, you know, dozens or hundreds. And we're just going to talk about a couple of the different kinds um, of asexuality today. Um um, I think gray sexual or gray asexual is one of the more interesting ones. Um, and it's just that there's somebody who's asexual most of the time, but once in a while, they're like, huh, well, all of a sudden my body is saying yes and I'm attracted and then it goes away again. Um, I've Spring and I have a really good friend. We're not going to tell you their name, um, <laughs> but they're asexual. And once every year or two, you know, like the, they're like, oh, that's sexy and I want some of that. And they go out and they get on dating apps and they go on a few dates and they get their sexual fulfill done. And then completely back to no interest whatsoever for years. Mm. Yeah. So that's a gray sexual, right? Like it's just just sometimes. Right. And so and and so sometimes people might say, like, okay, you know, what's causing like someone to be this way sometimes and then this way sometimes. And I think that's an interesting thing to talk about because it, if we're, I think it's easier maybe for people to understand like someone who is bisexual, like sometimes wanting to date or have intimacy with females and sometimes with males and sometimes maybe with people that are non-binary or identify in other ways. Right. Um, because we're saying like, okay, they're in the middle ish of this continuum. So when we have this asexual continuum, we're saying like there is this component of asexuality to all of these people. And it's going to kind of differ like how strongly that asexual component kind of is felt at certain times. Right. So we're seeing this one. We're saying, okay, 
So at certain times, this asexual component isn't as strong for someone and they're then feeling sexual and they're feeling sexual toward other people. And then, and then that's why we're calling it gray because it is asexual, but it is not all the time. Right. So once in a while you get the urge and that's it. Um, so there's gray sexual. There's also demisexual. I mean, we could go on and talk about all of the different kinds of asexuality. Um, demisexuals are people who are asexual, where they don't have any sexual attraction or interest unless there's a specific circumstance surrounding it. Um, I don't know anybody who's demisexual. I, I, I don't know. Do you know? Do you know anyone who's demisexual? Spring. Well, I know a lot of people that identify as demisexual. Actually, <laughs> like, I mean, demisexual is like once they have some type of emotional bond. Um, so sometimes, sometimes people talk about the demisexual as being kind of like halfway between sexual and asexual. So it's like once they feel um, strongly about someone, like say like they've been dating for quite a while, um, then they could say like, okay, now I really want to have sex with you. Um, so I think, I mean, I... I hear a lot of people identifying in that way. I they're not like close friends of mine, but I'm I'm seeing that a lot. Okay, I'm seeing it on dating apps a lot. That's where I'm seeing it. <laughs> demisexual. I mean, I, I still hear about demi romantic as well. Like I'm not interested in having sex with you until there's that strong emotional connection. Mm -hmm. um, but still, people who are demisexual most of the time of their life, they're they're asexual where they're not feeling attraction unless there's some kind of condition met. And Spring was talking about people who are like they need that really strong emotional attachment, and then maybe they'll be sexual as well. Um, and we could keep talking about like the dozens of other kinds of ace that are out there. Um, if you have other questions, you can always email us and, and you know, we'll get back to you. Uh, and who knows, maybe we'll do another episode and invite some asexual people on to talk about some of their experiences. Um, but I think we probably should get back to the question at hand. What do you do if you're dating somebody and they come out to you as ace? And we'll keep talking about it right after we get back from this short commercial break. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Today we're talking about asexual. Um, well, we're talking about asexualism and different kinds. Um, and now we're going to move into the question, right? So uh, the question is, my girlfriend was never interested in sex. She just came out to me as ace. What do I do? Oh, I mean, I love the, these relationship questions, right? Um, wait, I want to hear Andrew's response first, because Andrew, Andrew pretty has a usually has a pretty strong response. Andrew, what do you think they should do? I mean, I think this is a lot more complicated than the simple dump them. Oh. Um, All right. I, I suspected that was going to be your answer. It's, it, I mean, this one's, no one's done anything wrong. No one's done anything egregious. No one's done anything harmful. Someone has revealed a part of themselves to you and I mean, I think it was probably really a difficult conversation and someone was probably thinking about it for years before they said it. Um, there's a lot of people who don't realize they're asexual until later in life. Um, the whole world around them is sexual. Movies are sexual. Television is sexual. Even religion is sexual, right? Like there's sex everywhere and people do it. They're like, oh, I think I have to do it to fit in with society. I don't think I'm normal because I don't want sex or I'm not feeling any attraction. Um and they eventually, you know, they listen to a show like The Sex Rap and they hear an episode like, holy crap, that's me. 
I'm ace. And they start doing some real reflection and coming out. Um, so no, my gut instinct isn't to dump them, but I think that this relationship is in hot water. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that mm-hmm. there's so many difficult conversations that you're going to have to have with this person that you've been with. Because the thing is, being ace doesn't mean you don't really love somebody. It doesn't mean you don't want to spend the rest of your life with somebody. That's the hard part here. Right. But it does mean that they probably will not ever, maybe ever, <laughs> want to have sex, right? And um, and that is if the other person is not asexual, then that's not their reality. Um, so it, and we're assuming he, that the boyfriend is not in this instance because of the way the question was phrased, <laughs> um, or partner, I guess they, we don't know that they're, uh, it's, it's a boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So when we're, um, thinking about like someone who is asexual dating someone who is sexual, then we know that there's going to be some problems, right? Because one person doesn't want to have sex and one person does want to have sex. Not every day, maybe, but there is still a discrepancy in their desire for sex. And so anytime we have a discrepancy in desire for sex, this also happens when one person has a really high sex drive and one person has a really low sex drive, right? Then there is a lot of negotiation that needs to happen. And, um, It's like, how can the person who is sexual or that has that really high sex drive um, have their needs met and how can they do that together and what negotiations can they come up with where um, that feels safe for both partners? And that that can be that can look a lot of different ways and it can be really, really difficult to negotiate, right? Because if you're in a monogamous relationship where you um, don't want to have any type of emotional or sexual um, romantic relationship outside of that relationship, then yeah, how how do you meet those needs? How do you have everyone feel safe in that relationship? And there are some asexual people who still have sex with their partners because they love and care about them. But I mean, I think being on the other end of that, like if my partner came out to me as asexual, I would really struggle having sex with them from that point forward, knowing that they didn't want it and they weren't attracted to me in that way. It would feel like I was sort of forcing it on them. Um, Like, I mean, so that's like the first solution that often comes to mind. Like, well, how, like, can we have a bargain where, you know, twice a week or once a month or on our anniversary, we can have sex. Um, But I think like the real emotional underpinning of that is, is really kind of negative for the sexual person as opposed to the asexual person. Well, I think it's negative for them too, because even if they agree to it, it might feel to them like they are doing it just because they love that person and not because they really wanted to. Right. So I think from both sides, there can be some real discomfort even, um, in agreeing on something where they're trying to please each other. Yeah. Um, but this person is asking us for some solutions. Um, so the first solution is you're going to have to talk a lot. (laughs) You're going to have to cover all your bases and you're going to have to talk about like what your relationship means and what sex means to both of you um, and what both of your needs are moving forward. Right. And I think this is one of those situations where if you are in that monogamous relationship that Spring was just talking about, it's going to be really hard (laughs) moving forward um, to have all of your sexual needs fulfilled. Like, you know, I could I could be really glib and say, like, you know, get a flashlight and get some fun lubes and, you know, get some great porn, maybe get a sex doll. Like there's lots of those kind of things. But most people who are sexual um, or allosexual uh, are interested in closeness and intimacy 
and body contact and touch with another human being, right? So plastic and toys can get you so far, but if you're thinking about a lifetime of having your sexual needs met through toys, it's probably not like a really happy long-term sexual life that you're looking forward to. Yeah. And I mean, you know, part of the things that we could also talk about is, you know, like, um, are there instances where this person who has come out as asexual, um, are there instances when in the past where they have felt sexual? Are there instances, you know, where um, at certain times they have felt differently? And that could be a conversation to have because like we talked about, asexual is a continuum. So it could be that they are not always feeling 100% asexual and that there are times, very rarely, that they're feeling other ways. And so if you have a conversation about that, you might find that, you know, there is place for negotiation within that continuum, right? So it might be that, um, yeah, normally it's like once a month I feel sexual and then like, okay, so is that enough for this relationship then, right? Like, is it enough for me to wait for that time and then for us to have sex during that time when you're feeling sexual? But once again, like, If you are in a relationship and you're scheduling sex or if you're limiting it to X times a month, um, most people with with standard libidos, that's not going to be enough to feel fulfilled, right? Like once a month for most people, we know that like most people in relationships have sex, you know, like two to five times a week is pretty standard. Some people a little bit less, some people a whole lot more, um, but multiple times a week is pretty typical. And that's true for people, you know in their teens, all the way up for people in their 60s and 70s. And of course, circumstances impact that, like, especially when people have um, children or especially a new baby in the home, like that definitely changes. So it changes over time. And you're like, or if like a grandparent is living with them, you know, there might be less often. But yeah, so it always ranges. But um, can I tell you a story about babies real quick? (laughs) I think that's the opposite of related to asexual. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, uh, it, whenever people hear a baby cry, like a baby's cries, like they cause testosterone levels to plummet. So like babies crying actually reduce testosterone, which decreases libido. It's actually like built in birth control around babies when they cry a lot. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. The whole research studies show, um, that, uh, crying babies, like not only is the crying annoying, but the sound of babies crying actually decreases your sex drive. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also really important to note, speaking of sex drive, somebody who is asexual is not just somebody who's depressed or who's on an antidepressant or who's on certain drugs that have reduced their libido, right? Like there's lots of things in life that make it so that you don't want to have sex. You don't feel good about your body. You just were in a bad breakup. You're depressed. You know, like Those things happen and everybody's libido shifts up and down over their life. Somebody who's asexual, regardless of the circumstance surrounding them, whether they're really happy or upset and depressed, they don't have that kind of attraction to other people, right? I think it's important to say that like, you're not just temporarily asexual because you're feeling down, like you're asexual. It's because it's your identity and Spring and I are affirming asexual identities. I don't want anyone who's listening today to think that we're not. Um, It is this other spectrum of attractionality. All right, let's get back to our couple. So Spring and I have given some advice. You have to talk. You have to figure out what things look like. Um, I think there are some other, you know, more progressive solutions that Spring and I are very open to, um, but I don't know if the rest of the world is. Uh, so I'm, I'm a very firm believer that there, there is no one perfect person for anybody, and there is no one person who can fulfill all of your needs anyway. 
right? Like, and if you look at our lives, we get our emotional, our relational, our sexual needs fulfilled from a whole bunch of people around us. And that's healthy and that's good. But we live in a society where like we can get our emotional and romantic needs met by multiple people. We are only supposed to get our sexual needs fulfilled by one person, right? That's the whole emphasis overall monogamy in society. Um, But if you take a step back from that and say like, well, maybe you and I can still maintain our loving, you know, emotionally fulfilling, romantically fulfilling relationship. And then, you know what, if you need to go out, you know, get a side piece, is that what they're called? Side piece? I don't don't like that term, but... I don't like it very much either, but it just popped into my head as I was speaking. No, if if you need to get a friend with benefits, right? Like, if you are open to that part of the conversation, I think that's you know, a, a probably going to be more successful in the long term for your relationship as well than doling it out saying like once a month or never. Yeah. So potentially having like a somewhat open relationship with a ton of rules. We have episodes about, you know, how to open your relationship. Um, you have to go listen to those. And uh, like, how do you open up a relationship? What does that look like? What is polyamory? What are the rules surrounding it and the conversations going on with it as well? But I think that's probably a more healthy way most of the time to move forward um, inside of that relationship. Yeah. And I mean, another option would also be um, using a sex worker for that need, right? So if someone didn't feel as comfortable with you doing that with a um, person in your life, um, you know, then maybe it is a sex worker that they might feel comfortable with. That could be another option to find um, a compromise. We need to do an episode about sex workers. We'll put that on the list. Someone, someone submit a question about sex workers so we can answer it. I want to talk about sex work and how it's legit real work. But that's not, I mean, I think that's a really great option as well, because if you're working with a sex worker, then a lot of the fears that people have about like relationships and cheating and leaving someone aren't going to materialize because this person's a professional. They're going to be good at their job. And then afterwards, you know, like they come back home and you can have your lovely romance. I mean, if I was in that relationship, I would, I, I, just, I would just want stories constantly, but I want all of your stories constantly. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> There are a couple other questions that sort of came uh, out of this. Um, so if somebody is asexual, is it fair for them to date somebody who's not without telling them? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, in this instance, it doesn't seem like, um, I mean, well, the way I read the question, it didn't seem like someone had been hiding it. It seemed like um, they maybe just really realized that or discovered that. But yeah, it could be the case that they were afraid to um, say that earlier on in the dating um situationship that they were in. And then once they felt more comfortable with their partner, they finally told them. Um and yeah, I mean, that is um, really difficult to know, like when to reveal those things about yourself to someone. Um, I I love revealing everything so early, <laughs> um, which is sometimes not the right way to go, right? Like it is, you sometimes want to feel someone out a little first. And, and sometimes you don't want people that you barely know to know intimate things about you. And so you want to get to know someone a little more before you feel comfortable sharing those things. And so it is difficult to say like, you know, when, when do you have to tell someone? Um, and I think, I think it is um, fairly early on, right? You don't want to um, feel like you're lying to someone or that you're tricking them into dating you. Um, 
But I think that's going to feel different for everyone, whether it's after, you know, the third date or before you go on the first date. I mean, it's one of those things that's it's really important unless you're already established and be like, you know what? I'm in a polyamorous relationship and I just want to date for romance. I mean, if you are expecting someone to be your steadfast, only monogamous partner, I think it's really important to reveal this early in a relationship um, because a sexual person has those sexual needs that need to be filled somewhere. Um, we know that no matter how much someone represses their sexuality, at some point it gets out and they are going to get it fulfilled. Um uh, and I think that it's really kind of a sad state that the world is in, you know, I, and, and why Pride Month is so important and why Spring and I are doing this in Pride Month, because um, if people could be honest about themselves, right, if people didn't have to hide parts of themselves, uh, if there wasn't, if there weren't so many taboos around LGBTA uh, spectrum, um, it wouldn't be as hard, right? Uh, but if you are ace, should you date someone who's sexual, um, it really depends, like Spring said, like there's a lot of other circumstances out there when you reveal it and then what your expectations are inside of that relationship as well. Um, but it's not fair, right, for an asexual person to be coerced or feel like they have to have sex. It's also not fair for a sexual person to not be able to have those sexual needs fulfilled within a relationship. So not a great match. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's and when asking that question, you're like, should an asexual person date a sexual person? I think most of the time they probably don't really want to, right? Because they feel a lot of pressure and there's all this negotiation and knowing that you don't want the same things. I mean, it's similar to anything that you want in life, right? Like you don't, if you want a child, you don't want to be dating someone that doesn't want a child, right? Because there's all this pressure and there's like all this constant, like figuring out how do you like both, how are you both going to be happy? Um, and so I think really it makes sense, you know, that um, people that are asexual probably want to date other people that are asexual because they have a better matchup of things that they want in their lives. And similar people that have a sexual attraction are dating other people that do so too. And hopefully someone that has an approximate same level of desire and libido as they do as well, because it is really difficult to, um, to have a relationship that feels good to all the people in it when you have those discrepancies. Mm, absolutely. Um, so I just want to put out here another term. So we've been saying asexual and sexual, um, but there are quite a few people in the ace or the ace spectrum who say people who are, are either asexual or allosexual. So A-L-L-O sexual, just like we have cis and trans, uh, we have ace and aloe. Um, just because we don't want anyone to feel excluded and we want to use language that's really inclusive of people. Um, and, and so you tell all, us what allosexual means. So allosexual is just anybody who experiences any kind of sexual attraction. So anybody who's heterosexual, bisexual, lesbian, pansexual, omnisexual, all of those other sexualities, you are allosexual. So it's just, so there's the ace spectrum, like the asexual, and then there's the aloe. So aloe is anybody who experiences sexual desire. What does aloe mean as a um, prefix? I don't know, but I can look that up <laughs> right now. Um, I, I was thinking like a like that plant where you get a burn and you break it, but that's the wrong one. That's A-L-O-E. So A-L-L-O. It means other or different. Other or, so you're interested in other or different sexualities? We didn't come up with the term, um, but there you have it. Uh, but I mean, thank you, uh, listener, for submitting this question. I, I mean, I'm sure you're going through a really rough time, right? Like these conversations are really hard to have. Um, 
And uh, the outcome of them is really kind of questionable as well. Um, like I was thinking when I first read it, like what are the happy endings? Um, no happy endings, right? Uh, <laughs> happy ending. Uh, anyway, uh, like what are the happy endings that we can have in this conversation? Like what what are the best outcomes for everybody involved? Um, because like I said, like I don't have the simple solution of dump them because I don't think anyone here has done anything that deserves dumping. But I think that most of those conversations are going to end with, I hope you having a constructive conversation about ending a relationship and maintaining a friendship because um, something about asexuality and something that I, I really love that's come up a lot is how it's a friend focused kind of person, right? Like, so they're not focused on sexuality or having sex. They're focused on meaningful, affirming relationships. And those can be mm. emotionally rewarding, romantically rewarding, uh, but just not interested in the whole sexual part of it. But friend yeah. focused. I really like that term too because asexual is almost putting it in a negative light because you're saying not sexual, right? And friend focused is putting it in this more positive context because you're saying the things that they are interested in. So yeah, I really love that term um, personally, but I'm not in the community, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I like that term because it gives it that positive spin, which I feel like if I was asexual, I would prefer to say that. I would be like, I'm friend focused. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those times between Spring and I, we can hit like the whole rainbow with different parts of our personality and identities and sexual partners and histories and pasts. And this is one that's a little bit harder. Um, I've said it's a little bit harder so many times and Spring has never come back with the the, the, the dick joke today. Well, She's being that's because asexual we are asexual, to my asexual today. Come on. Yeah. I'm not going to make dick jokes on our asexual episode. How rude. <sighs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're at the end of our episode. Um, happy Pride Month, everybody. Um, I've actually really enjoyed researching and talking about asexuality. Um, if you have any... Oh, Spring, do you have anything you want to add at the end of our episode? Do we have a tip about asexuality or for our uh, question? I mean, I think that our tip is like, um, let's be inclusive of the asexual continuum as we think about the... Um, allosexual or uh, sexual continuum as well. So yeah, I think that's my tip just, you know, in Pride Month, like um, when we're looking for inclusivity and representation to make sure that we're including ace people also. Absolutely. Ace people, you are part of the rainbow, even though you have a different flag, you're still part of ours. So <laughs> yeah. All right. So if you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We'll, we'll talk to you about pretty much anything. Um, so we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can send us emails. Uh, we're the sexwrap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W. Uh, you can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. And then you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the sexwrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too... Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious... Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. <laughs>